0: you say this with me today would you say rediscover rediscover church a few weeks ago we began this series talking about how that you go about the process of rediscovering church and one of the aspects that we've been talking about is how the church impacts and influences every aspect of our life The first week we talked about rediscovering our faith, how that each and every one of us at times find our faith kind of doing this. We kind of find ourselves not really, it doesn't matter if you were raised in a Christian home or maybe you weren't raised in a Christian home, but you struggle with this whole aspect of faith. And a lot of times the church tells you if you struggle with your faith, then something's wrong with you. But what we found out is, is that even some of the greatest people in Scripture struggle with their faith, and it's okay as long as we come back to that place of understanding who God really is and how that he works in our life. The second week, we talked about our family, how that the church helps us with our family and how that we can have a solid family. And I kind of got in your business on that week and kind of shared some man secrets that week and and uh, it really kind of got a little interesting but it was a good day then last week we talked about rediscovering our finances how that that God has a plan and and we looked last week how that the apostle Paul talked about how that it didn't matter where we were whether we were abounding or whether we didn't have anything that we needed to learn how to be content and so we talked about some aspects of just some some practical ways that you and I can learn to live in contentment now today we're going to be be talking about rediscovering the future now that sounds almost like an oxymoron kind of sounds like giant shrimp or governmental intelligence You want me to keep going? Uh, You know, it's kind of that whole thing. But today we're going to talk about rediscovering the future and we'll explain that. Would you take your Bibles today and go to the book of Acts, the 19th chapter? We're going to read that in just a minute. As you're doing that, let me greet our campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries, and I'm glad you're with us today. I know that you've already had a great day in the house of the Lord, and now we're getting ready to go into the Word of God. So I want you to get prepared. Get ready to receive what God has for you and for your life now this whole aspect of uh rediscovering the future i I want to i want to tell you something about that first of all i want you to understand this the best way for you and i to predict the future is to change it now now let me explain what i mean by that have you ever heard people say you can't change the past I i disagree I think you can change the past. Let let me explain it this way. How many of you know that whatever happens to today, tomorrow, it will be what? Yesterday. It will be your past, right? And so what I've got to do is I've got to learn to change today so that my past is changed. And so in each and every one of our lives, the best way for you to predict what the future is going to be is not to look back at the past. The best way to predict what the future is going to be is for you to work about changing it so that you can see what you want. How many of you would like some areas of your life, you would like some things that are happening in your life today, how many of you would like to see them different a year from now? right come on I think that would be pretty much all of us you know some of us it's it's all about our health some of us it's maybe about our family some of it's it's about our spiritual walk with God some of it may be uh, some of you may be in business or you own your own business or whatever and you're saying man this this needs to change and so what we're going to do today we're going to look into the scripture in the book of Acts the 19th chapter we're going to begin in verse 8 and read through verse 12 and we're going to be talking about through the apostle Paul's life how that you and I go about rediscovering and and creating the future that we want. Would you look there in verse 8? If you don't have a, a Bible or an iPad or whatever, would you just look on the screens? It says, and he went into the synagogue. This is speaking of the apostle Paul. He went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened, when their hearts were hardened, and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way, or of Christianity, before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew his disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Verse 10, and this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, both Jews and Greeks. Now God worked unusual miracles. Isn't that an interesting statement? I mean, I thought all miracles were unusual. I, mean, I guess they'd got to the place that some miracles were just, just kind of you expected them. But the Apostle Paul says there were unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, I want to tell you something about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was focused on the future. Paul's life was lived for the future. I mean, if you know anything about Scripture, you know anything about the history of this man named Paul, he used to be called Saul, and he was a very religious Jewish man. Uh, He had been raised in the best schools in in the Jewish tradition. He had been raised in a kosher home. Everything about his life was, was about the Jewish religion. And the Word of God tells us that he was actually so excited about his religion that he was trying to put down every other religion and when this new thing called Christianity came up Saul began to even persecute people, throw them in jail if they were Christians, if they believed in Jesus Christ and literally uh, had people killed because he did not agree with their religion and yet the Bible says that there was a day that Saul was on a journey to to put more people in prison and the, the, the God of heaven met him. And there was this encounter with Paul, and the, the Scripture says that he cried out at one point and said, my God, my God, uh, you know, and, and, and he has this whole encounter with, with God where his life has changed. And from that point on, Paul leaves all of the old and he moves into the new. And, and I want to tell you, as you look at his life, what you find about the life of Paul, not only did he leave the old, the Word of God is, is written in the New Testament, about two-thirds of the New Testament is written by this guy who, who radically changed his life. I want to tell you, there are some of us who are listening today who it's time for a radical change. It's time for us not to accept and not to settle for what we've had in the past or what we've gone through in the past or what yesterday was. Listen, if you've had a messed up family life, let's not settle for another 5 years of a messed up family life. If you've been one of those, you know, kind of hot and cold Christians and and one day you're living for God and the next day you're struggling, let's make up our minds today. You know what? I'm going to change that and I'm going to live my future sold out to Jesus Christ. Maybe your finances have been all over the place and you just say, "You know what? I want see I want my financial future to be brighter than my financial past it really doesn't matter what you're struggling with what you're going through there are some things that you can implement into your life I'm going to give you five things today that if you will take those and place those in your life you can begin to see the future changing and it doesn't matter listen if you're here you can go here if you're here you can go here if you're here I mean, it doesn't matter where you are in the journey. Look in verse eight, if you would. Verse eight says, "And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months." I love that that word boldly. Here's the first thing you've got to do: is you've got to face the future with faith. All right, face the future with faith. Now, let me help you. How many of you know some people that are kind of negative? How many of you know some people who are real negative? Aren't they just a joy? I mean, don't you just love hanging out with them? I mean, it, isn't it? I mean, when you see, how, let me ask this question. How many of you have ever been shopping, you know, at the mall or at Lowe's or wherever it is you do shopping and, and you saw somebody coming down an aisle and they didn't see you? You know where I'm going, don't you, All right? And they didn't, they didn't see you and you made sure, come on, come on, I've done it. In fact, I may have done it to one or two of you. I don't know about. come on. You know, and you just, you just quickly divert to the other side because you go, man, every time I talk with them, it's negative. Every time I'm around them, it's a problem. Every time, you know, I want to tell you, a lot of times, even Christianity, the, the church always talks about how bad things are. Now, and I, I want to tell you, things are bad, but God is good. Times may be tough, but God's tougher than your tough times. And, and listen, times have always been bad. If, if you read this setting that I'm I've, I've in today, you'll find out that the Apostle Paul is dealing with, with heathens. He's dealing with people who have no relationship with God. He's going in uh, to the very fire of, of the moment with, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he's not talking about, oh, I don't know if anybody's going to be saved. Oh, I don't know. You know, I just hope Jesus will come and get us out of here. Really? I mean, am I the only one that gets tired of those kind of preachers? I, I mean, really, I, I don't know. I don't want to mess up your favorite guy, so I won't call anybody's name, but, but I get so tired of everybody telling us, the tribulation's here, the antichrist is on the scene, you better get ready. Now, now, listen, I've been doing this a long time. I'm over 30 years in ministry, and, and I want to tell you that I've, I've seen several antichrists die. Right, so I've I've just figured out nobody's got it figured out, and and I'm, I'm not going to read any more thirty eight reasons why the Lord has the you know I'm I'm just I'm just done. Why? Because I think that we need to face the future with faith. I think that the church ought to be the most faith-filled environment that anybody has ever seen or anybody has ever been around. That's how we ought to live. And so if we'll do that, and as you face it, you got you got stuff happening, things are going on, you can face it as the Apostle Paul that did there in verse 8. The Bible says he preached boldly. In other words, he was facing the future boldly as he went. But look in verse 9. This is the second thing in the the process it says but when some were hardened when their hearts were just they wouldn't listen and did not believe but spoke evil of the way now in that day the, ch- the church Christianity was called the way before the multitude he departed from them and withdrew the disciples now let me give you the second thing if you're going to face the future if you're going to rediscover the future and have a marvelous future the second thing you've got to do is you've got to be willing to change Boy, that one's lovely, isn't it? How I many people say nobody likes change, right? How many of you've heard that on how many occasions? We nobody likes change, Pastor. Don't don't tell people to change. Now, number one, that's a lie because I thrive on change. I mean, I just like moving. So I mean, I'll just walk through the building sometimes. And go, oh, let's move that. They go, why? I said, I just want it changed. It's been sitting there for two years. Now move it over here. I want it there. I just I just like change. Let's paint that wall a different color. Why? I don't know. I just like change. So some people do like change. But you know what I found out? Everybody likes change. Right. Yeah. No, 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 that's god, they don't either. Yes, they do. Let, let me use this analogy if I can. Um, I hope you haven't been doing this, but if you happen to have been playing the lottery lately <laughs> and the Powerball hit $340 million, let me ask you a question. If you won on that day, now don't do this. Don't. This is not what Pastor is recommending. But if you were to have hit the Powerball lottery and won $340 million, how many of you believe your life would change? And how many of you are going to bellyache about it? Nobody. I don't know. I got all this money now, and I can pay for anything I want, and I can go anywhere, and I just, I just I'm so sad. <laughs> You're goofy is what you are. I'm, really? Come on. I mean, I, I, look what I, what's happened in my life. It's one, and, and it would involve huge changes. See, here's what I found is, is that if we don't understand the benefit of the change, that's why we resist change. But when change, when we understand that there is a benefit coming to our lives, then we're willing to change. And so the Apostle Paul faces this moment. They're not receiving his word. They're not doing what he wants done. And so the word of God says he takes the disciples and he made a change. I, I remember years ago in, in one of our building processes uh, that, that we had a contractor and he would always come up to me and here's what he would say. He never, he never one time said, Pastor, we've got a problem. But here's what he would say. Every every time I would see him, he would come up to me. He would always be smiling. And the first time or two, I was caught off guard. I thought, man, this is good stuff. You know, somebody paid off the debt, and it's wonderful. And he'd he'd smile at me, and he'd say, Pastor, we've got an opportunity. And I thought, well, that's great. We've got an opportunity. Something wonderful is happening. And then he would tell me how much that opportunity was going to cost. But you know what? He was always positive about it. We've got this opportunity. And, and what I learned is, is that if you will live life that way, not being afraid of the change, there's an opportunity. Listen, here's what I found through the years is that in the middle of every problem, there is an opportunity. And so in the midst of difficulty, the apostle Paul could have said, I quit. I came here under instructions from the Lord. Nobody's listening. They're mad at me. I'm going back to Jerusalem. That's what most of us would do. I mean, there have been days as pastors. I said, I quit. I, I had, a, had a college teacher one day told me, he said, never resign on Monday. He said, because you won't last in the ministry a year. And, and he's right, so I've always waited to Tuesday. <laughs> but, but, you know, there, there's those moments you just go man, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, Lord, they're not happy. They don't like me. They whatever. The the apostle Paul was facing that, but instead of him taking all of that he changes. He says, you know what, I'm going to change. I'm going ma- to go this way. So what is it you're facing? What is it that's going on in your life? Maybe, maybe you're looking for employment. Maybe right now you just finished college and you go, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. Or maybe because of, of the changes in the economy over the past few years, the business that you're in is, is a little different. You've got to be willing to make a change. Listen, if it's not working, fix it. I mean, you know, the, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing the same way and expecting a different result. Well, I don't know why things are not different in my house. Have you made any changes? We've got three more. Can you handle them? Look at the latter part of verse 9. It says, He departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Here's the third thing you've got to do if you really want to have a wonderful future and to rediscover what God has for you. is Number three is you have to sharpen your focus. Instead of Paul now trying to minister to the masses, the Bible says that he brings this few disciples and he sharpened his focus. Now, I've joked for years that I have ADDDDD. All right, I, I have a tendency... To, to get real excited about this, and then I move over here, and I move over here, and I move over here. But what I've learned is if I want to be effective, I have to, to kind of rein all that in. I, I can't, you know, I can't jump on my horse and ride off in all directions. I, I, I've got to pick a path, and I've got to stay with it. And, and so there's, there's this whole aspect. The Apostle Paul says, okay, this isn't working, so I'll just take my focus, and I'll bring my focus on just a few guys. Now what's interesting here we'll see a little bit later, the Bible says that within two years' time of him sharpening his focus, the entirety of Asia heard the gospel. Now what would happen to us? You you know, he, he writes one place, Paul does, he writes one place and says, this one thing I do. He did not say these 20 things I dabble at. See, a lot of us, even in our spiritual walk with God, we're trying to do too many things. I've had people say, Pastor, I want to be greatly used of God. I want to be a mighty man. I want to be a mighty woman of God. I want to be a mighty person of faith. I want to have all this. And, and, and so I'm going to fast for 30 days, and, and I'm going to read the Bible through in the next week. And, I'm going to, and, and I just want to look at them and say, just, just show up at time on ch- at church. Well, I'm doing much better pastoring than you're doing responding. I mean, come on, get, just, just get the Sunday attendance down, why don't you? Just, just show up faithfully. You, know? you want to get radical? Show up on a Wednesday night. On, I, I know that stretches us, you know. But don't try to go out, you know, down in the middle of town somewhere and start preaching and everybody walks by. Just, just sharpen your focus. Get some of the small things down. And the Apostle Paul sharpens his focus, he brings himself to that place where he's ministering to this small group of disciples. And through that, through taking the attention off of the masses, the masses then heard the word of God because of his ability to sharpen his focus. Verse 10, he says this, the scripture says this, and this continued, he he did this for two years. Now, isn't that interesting? He focused for two years on these disciples, and then he goes on to say, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Here's the fourth thing you've got to do. You ready? You've got to take the long view. We live in an instant society. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have watched any of these late-night infomercials? Come on, tell the truth. Don't lie in church. All right? Rest of you just did because you have at some point, all right. And 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 here's what we want to do. I mean, I mean, everybody wants to lose weight, right? Even skinny people want to lose weight. I mean, they make me sick, but they (laughs) want to lose weight. and, and so our deal is, is that we don't, we don't want to lose weight the way doctors say, you know, two pounds a week, da, da, da you know, give, give yourself six months or whatever to get the pounds off. We want to drop 20 pounds in a day. <laughs> you got to get a witness there? Yeah. Right? Um, and, and so what we do is, is that we fall victim to, to every, everything out there. And, and so we want rock-hard abs, but we don't want to go to the gym and do all the stuff to get there so we want to buy this belt <laughs> and all you, you don't have to change your eating habits you don't have to exercise all you got to do is put this belt on punch a button <laughs> and it's going to shake you into shape baby And I dare not ask you to raise your hands, but some of you sitting here and listen to me. You spent that $99.95. And instead of having a six-pack, you still got a keg. But anyway, you know, or, or if, if you'll just, don't you love this one? I love this one. As, as you can tell, I'm up way too late sometimes. Uh, if you just sprinkle this on your food, you can eat anything you want. I bought a truckload of that stuff. <laughs> no, just kidding. I mean, really, think about it. I, I, I would get that stuff. I would, man, I'd buy that. Why? Because if I can just sprinkle that, I don't have to change my eating habits. I don't have to change. Well, we, we all know it's a bunch of bunk, but we still fall for it. We still we still run out and buy it we still do i mean i again want to ask this question but how many of you watched something or you, you went to and, and after christmas <laughs> i'm getting that treadmill they got one on sale for 999 dollars six months later what'd you lose 999 dollars <laughs> Come on, you know it's the truth. And the reason is, is because we don't take the long view. We want instant gratification. You know, not, not to quote great theologians, but uh, you know, I can't get no satisfaction. That, you know, and, and, and so we think that all this stuff's gonna happen. The apostle Paul understood that sometimes it's going to take a while before real change happens. And in some of our lives, you know, isn't it interesting, it takes us six years to get our marriage in a mess, but we want a six-minute counseling session to change it. We dug our hole into the ground with our credit cards and we want somebody to wave a magic wand and get us out of the mess. You gotta take the long view. You've got to look and understand that sometimes what started as a mess here. It's interesting, you didn't get into the place that you are now overnight. Why do you think God's just going to show up like a magic genie or a fairy and wave pixie dust over you and everything else is going to be wonderful? No, you're going to have to understand it's going to take a while. Salvation is instant. Sanctification is a lifetime. The Bible says that you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And, and so we, we've got to, we've got we, some of you just, this, this one thing right here is what you need today. For your family, for your kids, for your business, for your walk with God, whatever it is, you need to understand, I've got to take the long view. Let's look, let's look at the last one, verse 11 and 12. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Here's the fifth thing. As a Christian, as a believer, you need to expect God's favor. The Apostle Paul, Paul, this man, did everything that he could. But then God's favor came in a moment and supercharged everything that was happening. There are things in your life that you can only go so far with, but when God shows up, when the power of God comes into your life, favor happens the, the scripture talks about grace it talks about grace time and time again and the word grace as we we've translated means unmerited favor in other words I didn't do anything to get it. by grace we're saved through faith that none of ourselves it's a gift of God lest any person should boast and so I, I I didn't get saved by anything I did why do I think now that I'm going to to merit, to get something from Him because of how good I am. I don't do that. I receive by His favor. And so if I, am doing, if I am living my life to see the future better than the past was, then I've got to expect that moment that God is going to show up and do something miraculous. I wonder what would happen to us if we genuinely every day expected the favor of God. I mean, do we, I mean, do, do you get up in the morning saying, uh, good morning, Lord, or do you get up saying, good Lord, it's morning? <laughs> Same words, right? Same words, different mentality. I wonder how many things that God has for our lives That he says, I want to bless you with this. I I want to give you unusual miracles. But you're not expecting them. You're not looking for them. See, God always operates through this dimension of faith. And remember, that's what I talked about in the beginning. You've got to have faith for the future. And and so, if, if I'm operating in faith, then God is able to show up and do powerful things on my behalf. But if I'm negative if I'm always doubting, if everything that comes out of my mouth is bad and how horrible things are, then I don't create an environment for God to show up in. It doesn't mean that you deny reality. You know, I've had people say, well, you, you should never say anything negative. No, some things are negative. You know, you, you, you should never say you're sick. Well, when I'm sick, I'm sick. I know I'm sick. A few years ago, Sherry was talking to one of my friends on the phone, and I was sick. I mean, really sick. I was, you know, I was, I was, I was sick. And I heard her in the other room. This is when we still lived in Adamsville. We were living in that house. And I I heard Sherry go, well, Eddie's kind of sick. And I said, I'm not kind of sick. I said, give me that phone. I'm sick. I want him to hear how sick I am. But I know the healer who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think according to the power of the Holy Spirit that's working in me. If you're going through a tough time, that's, that's okay. Just say, you know what, I'm, I'm in a tough time right now, but I am believing that God is bigger than whatever I'm facing. If I'm up against financial problems, if I'm up against difficulty, if things aren't going right in my in my family or in my life or in my health or whatever, I know that what I'm up against is big. But there is a God who just shows up and says, I've got an opportunity for you. And we just go, okay, God, this is an opportunity for you to show yourself strong on our behalf. God, I am believing not for usual miracles, but I am believing that you are going to perform unusual miracles on my behalf. Now I want to tell you what, that's a whole lot better to face the future with that kind of a heart and that kind of a mentality than it is to say, well I don't know, just whatever will be, will be, You know, I just don't know. No, no, no. Listen, you can change your future. We've just got to get bold about it. We've got to get like the Apostle Paul and not be moved by things that are happening around us. The Apostle Paul talks about this one thing I do, pressing toward the mark the high calling that's in christ jesus he said there's a crown that's laid up for me and he said it's not just for me only he said it's for all of those who are looking unto jesus christ the author and the finisher of their faith see that that's the way we ought to live I believe with all of my heart, we need to have an environment that is so charged with the presence of God and faith that people who walk in go, you know what? I was struggling. I was going through some things. My life was upside down. But when I walked, just came around those people, there was something that lifted me up. There was something that encouraged me. There was something that strengthened my life. Now, let me close with this. I want you to get it don't miss it the future starts today not tomorrow don't don't you dare go well in the morning Wednesday next week No, no no as you're going out start telling somebody you know what my life's going to change I'm going to believe. This this part of my life has been messed up, but today, today, here's what I'm going to do. And and today I'm going to begin to operate in some of these dynamics that Scripture gives to me so that I can live. And so you get up tomorrow morning and it's, uh, good morning, Lord. What are you going to do today? I'm excited, God. What's going to happen in my life? And so you're facing your future and you're seeing the glory of God on your behalf. I want to tell you, God knows the plans that he has for you. Plans to prosper you, plans for success, plans for a great future. That's what his word says about your life, and that's what he wants to do for you.